Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair, and I've got a power-packed show. I've got a couple of little ranty things. I've got uh, something a little bit uh, maybe in the, uh, some people might call it the woo-woo category. Uh, You know, how things that we think, things that we say, things that we do can actually improve our health that has nothing to do with what we're putting into our bodies Uh, But I'll tell you what, it's not woo-woo, it's actual science, and I'm excited to share that with you. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. I'm also going to clarify a couple of things. Um, As I've stated on multiple episodes now, I've determined that one of the things that I am able to do from kind of the inside of the industry perspective to help you listening to Vitality Radio is to give you insight into supplement labels, how to read them, uh, how to understand if you're getting something great or something not so good, and really just help you become a more informed consumer so that your supplement dollars are being spent wisely and giving you the most improvement in your health that they possibly can. So we're going to talk about a couple of labeling things, and I'm going to talk about a label that I read for a product, a product that I was excited about and determined that this product was being marketed at the very least deceptively. Um, we'll, I'll let you decide how deceptive the marketing was, but uh, I'll tell you what, the marketing got me until I read the label, and I'll go through that and explain why the label changed my mind. All right, so that's what's on tap for the last 40 minutes or so of today's episode. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Let's jump into, well, let's see. How about if we start with kindness? Now, I'm going to rant a little bit, and this kindness thing I think will actually be good because um, it'll hopefully give you sort of a counterbalance (laughs) (laughs) to the rant that I'm about to deliver because the rant will not sound very kind. However, truth does need to be spoken as well. So uh, I suppose uh, maybe kindness doesn't, uh, isn't always called for uh, when truth is needed. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the age old question, right? Hey, honey, how do I look in this dress? You look amazing, dear right? Uh, Because what else are you going to say? And what else should you say? But maybe she wants a legitimate answer. I happen to be with a woman who really actually wants a legitimate answer. And when she looks amazing, I'm happy to tell her that she does. Uh, But when she says, hey, does this look good with that? Or how do I look in this? Um, I think she actually wants me to give my honest opinion. I certainly want my her honest opinion when I ask the same question. And of course, all of this can be done with kindness. But let's talk about why kindness actually matters. Kindness 
literally equals better health. And we know this scientifically. I read an article that I thought put this quite concisely and beautifully, really, uh, from a uh, magazine I found online I've never heard of, Corporate Wellness Magazine. Um, uh, technically, Vitality Nutrition is an ink, so I guess we are a corporation. But, uh, you know, I think this magazine is written for much bigger companies than mine. But the article is excellent, and I'm going to quote from the article uh, several times. It was written by um, Lattice Health, which I assume is a company, not a person. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and give credit where credit is due, and we'll link this article uh, for you as well. So uh, around uh, one in five adults are now experiencing some form of depression um, as of 2021. And this is an increase since November of 2020, which was 19%. So it went from 19% to 21%. But that's more than double the 10% that uh, we were that was being self-reported prior to the COVID pandemic. Now, I have a lot of thoughts on this. I think that depression is very much, um, you know, an environmental thing. Certainly, most of us look at it as an environmental thing. Um, that being said, I also believe that your environment doesn't have to have any bearing on your level of happiness. Um, we've learned that from people who've been in prison camps uh, like uh, Captain Coffee, Gerald Coffee, uh, one of my very most favorite books. It's an easy read and an even easier listen uh, if you want to get it on Audible. It's uh, him talking in his own voice, which I love, about his experience in the Hanoi Hilton uh, it's called, um, oh my goodness, now I'm trying to remember the name of one of my favorite books, Gerald Coffey. Um, I'm going to find it for you right here while I'm recording, and maybe Michaela can cut this down just a little bit for me, but uh, we're going to go ahead and find this. It's such an amazing book. It's called Beyond Survival. Uh, he found ways to be happy while he was being tortured and fed maggots. Um, we, of course, have Viktor Frankl, who uh, experienced years in a uh, Nazi death camp uh, at Auschwitz in, um, the, uh, in, during World War II, and so many others who have proven that, yeah, you can be in any environment and you can still find happiness. My favorite movie of all time is Life is Beautiful, uh, which is about a Jewish father and his son in a, a death camp. And uh, it's a brutally gripping story, and it's fictional, but uh, it's based on real events. And what it really shows is that if you look outside yourself to love and show kindness for others, that you can find happiness yourself. So let's go on through this article a little bit, and um, I'll, uh, I'll link and give uh, the names of these books that I've read that I've found such incredible joy in, as well as the movie Life is Beautiful. If you haven't seen the movie Life is Beautiful, oh my goodness, please, please, please watch that movie. Um, you only need to watch it once. Uh, it will make you cry unless you are some sort of a, I don't know, politician maybe and beyond feeling. Uh, but uh, anyone else should cry. But I'll tell you what, I cried with a beautiful smile on my face because of the love uh, between father and son. It was absolutely, absolutely brilliant. 
Um, okay, so the article goes on to say, simply being kind to someone can make a massive difference in their outlook and general mood. And of course, you would think that that might be the case, right? But kindness can also improve your outlook and general mood as well. The work of Hans Seeley, I hope I'm saying that right, it's S-E-L-Y-E, is essential for discussing this phenomenon, they say. He urged that to reduce the negative effects of everyday stressors, we need to do good for others and thus advocate for altruistic egoism. This means that for someone to be happy and healthy, they must help others. Showing love and gratitude to others leads to greater feelings of satisfaction and security. According to Luke's and Payne in 2001, which is often why the wellness, or, or that's according to Luke's and Payne for 2001, that's often why the wellness industry encourages journaling, reflection, and gratitude for the day-to-day aspects of life that we often skip over. The science of kindness has been widely studied, though, and it has been found that it can directly affect us on a psychological and physiological level. The secret is oxytocin, often touted as the love hormone, which improves feelings of social connectedness and positive feelings when released. It also fires up the neural network related to rewards, so the reward system in the brain, which is very important. When we're kind or when we see other people experience kindness. So, of course, if we are the one being kind, then we are also seeing other, others experience kindness. So it's kind of a, a double uh, positive there. Oxytocin also directly affects the amygdala to reduce its activity. According to a study by uh, four researchers, Petrovich, uh, Kalish, Singer, and Dolan, those with preconditioned fear and high levels of activity in the amygdala experienced a reduction in fear and amygdala activity when given a dose of oxytocin. For those with anxiety and depression, it may seem counterintuitive to focus on showing love and kindness to others when they may be in dire need of it themselves, but it's shown to be a quick and effective way of boosting mood. Social media often encourages us to indulge in self-care and self-compassion telling people to fill their own cup first before they begin to help others. And I'll make a little side note. I often tell my clients who are experiencing anxiety and depression that they do need to put on their own mask first, so to speak, as the flight attendant would tell you on the airline before you help somebody with theirs. Because if you can't breathe, you can't help somebody else. So yes, self-care is important. However, self-care can also be the care of others. If we show kindness to others, uh, we are indeed impacting our neural network and we're impacting our ability to actually find and appreciate the joy and happiness in our own life. So these two can absolutely work hand in hand. And what I believe has happened, and I don't, I'm going to restate that, I don't believe it's happened, I know it's happened. As we see a 10% to 21% jump in depression over the last few years, there are a few reasons for that. Things that have been documented and things that are pretty obvious to really the naked eye as well. And one of those would be that we had much less interaction with other people, period, which means less opportunity for kindness. And in replacement of that interaction, in its place, we found interaction through computers, through screens, right? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. 
which is just anger constantly lashing out, things like that. So what we ended up with was artificial interaction where keyboard courage rules and people are far less kind than they would be in person. Far, far less kind. I listened to Russell Brand and Joe Rogan last week, and uh, they talked about this. They said, you know, we catch all kinds of heat on our social media for the things that we say, but in person, everybody is very kind. And so we have to recognize that that artificial community that we find online, which can be beautiful. I've experienced the beauty of that community in the Vitality Radio listeners community. We have 430 people, I think, or something like that. Not a large group, but a group of really concerned people that want to take care of themselves and their families in better and healthier ways and end up also being the kind of people that want to help other people take care of themselves and their families in better and healthier ways. And so that community can be beautiful, but the community at large, I think we can all agree, is a little harsh, to say the least. There's far less kindness out there. So that's one thing that we had, but then we also had not just the social distance or being locked in at home instead of school or work or whatever else people experienced, but on top of all of that, we also had this group of people on one side and a group of people on another side that were the loudest groups of people, one being wear your mask, get your vax. It's what we're all in this together, and this is what we do for each other. And the other one being, whoa, wait a minute, maybe masks don't actually work, and maybe these vaccines aren't safe. And if you've listened to me much, you know what side I fell on in that debate. The problem is there were probably 80% of the people you know, just my estimation, that weren't super strongly um, convinced one way or the other. Many of those just kind of went with the flow. Others held back a little bit, but maybe didn't say anything. And so then what you end up with is you end up with one group yelling at the other group and the other group yelling back. And I don't care what side of that debate you found yourself on and whether or not that's changed, because as more evidence has rolled forward, there are a lot of people saying, I told you so now. Well, I told you so is also not an act of kindness, right? I don't care what side you're on. If you were yelling at the other side and judging the other side for what they believed was true, then you were probably a part of the problem, even if you were right. And I discovered that for myself during the pandemic years, that I was being far too judgmental and too harsh. And I started to extend my hand of friendship and kindness more and at least hold my tongue when I thought things that were not kind about my fellow man. And the more I did that, the less the years of the pandemic wore on me, I found. So there was real value in that. So we have all these different factors, and now all of a sudden we have teen suicide at an all-time high and uh, mental health issues at an all-time high and mental health prescription drugs at an all-time high and all these other things that have happened. And I think a big part of what we lost was kindness, day-to-day kindness. We became more isolated. We became more defensive. We became more offensive in our talk and our thoughts And uh, heck, I stated my opinion uh, very clearly, I don't think in an angry way, on a post on Facebook just yesterday 
and I was attacked and told to come at me. <laughs> and I thought, what, behind the dumpster after after lunch, recess? Uh, it's really crazy, uh, the anger and the unkindness that is in our world today. But this is what I know, 100%, and what I would suggest that you pay attention to, whether you're already thinking you're a very kind person or not. And that is that you actually look back on your day at the end of each day. And this is a form of gratitude journaling that I have found to be very, very helpful. And it doesn't need to be written down, but I do think writing it down is more impactful. And find something you did that was kind to somebody else. And it can be little. It can be taking somebody's shopping cart back for them. It can be opening a door. It can be little things. And some days that might be what it is. But it could also be making somebody dinner. It could be, uh, you know, helping your widow neighbor with her sidewalk when the snow falls or whatever it is. There's endless opportunities for us to be kind and thoughtful and caring for our fellow man. And each little one of those that we take will make us a healthier, happier, less anxious, and less depressed individual. And that's not anything that I can sell you in a supplement bottle, but it is something that we can all do no matter where we are or what our means are or who we live around. We can all be kind. All right. Now let's jump into the part where I'm going to be unkind, <laughs> but I'm going to do it in the kindest way possible. Really, all I'm going to do is expose truth, okay? So rather than saying these guys are jerks or scam artists or whatever, I don't know. I watched the guy that owns the company on a podcast, and he didn't seem like either of those things to me. Maybe he's a genuinely nice guy, and maybe he just doesn't uh, understand nutrition as well as I would hope he does for a guy who sells something that's supposed to be nutritious as a product. The product is called Shroom Junkie. Uh, shroom as in mushroom. You may have seen the ads on Facebook, uh, Instagram. I don't know. I get ads on natural stuff constantly because that's all I search for online. So they all know. They all see me coming. Well, I saw a little ad and it was one of those little short little video clips on Facebook. And uh, you may have seen it. I don't think it's 30 seconds long. It's very short. It's uh, two podcasters talking to this guy that owns this company. And I couldn't figure out who was who. I'd never seen this podcast before. And I'm not going to call out the podcasters. Um, I actually think their podcast might be pretty cool. Um, regardless, uh, they were talking about this product. And they were sampling it. And it's a milk substitute uh, made out of mushrooms. Well, they talk about it being made out of mushrooms. It's technically made out of pea protein and uh, sunflower oil. Those are by far the two dominant ingredients and cane sugar. But it has mushrooms in it. They use mushrooms to ferment the pea protein, which I think is awesome. And as I heard them saying that this is a mushroom-based product, that um, and, and then him explaining that the mushrooms are fermenting the pea protein, which is huge because that makes pea protein much more bioavailable. And I love fermented foods. I was excited, not because I felt like I needed a milk substitute, I am a raw milk guy through and through, raw cow's milk. My vegan and vegetarian friends may uh, disagree with that statement or that uh, feeling, but I believe that raw milk is uh, made for 
human consumption. I know it comes from cows, and there's a lot of people that'll say, yeah, but it's really for baby calves. I get it. It is for baby calves. But uh, I have a feeling that cows that are raised humanely, that are pastured, that can deliver way more milk than their calf could possibly ever eat, I think that there's a reason for that. My opinion. You can disagree if you choose. If you want more information on raw milk, though, and you don't think you can get it where you can get where you are, I was just in California. Um, I call it California because you know uh, Vladimir uh, <laughs> Newsom is in charge over there, but you know that's neither here nor there. You can get raw milk in a store in California. Uh, not everywhere is that the case, but I was just looking at raw milk facts.com, which I am linking in the show description, and realmilk.com. Neither side I have any affiliation with. I just think they're useful sites. And you can find out where you can get raw milk in pretty much every state in the union. So if you think you can't get raw milk, you can, almost for sure. And um, if you're okay with drinking cow's milk, then I would suggest that as your best option. I bought raw milk when I was in California. I even bought raw milk kefir which was pretty cool. Excuse me. So back to the shroom junkie. Why was I excited? Well, for one thing, I love mushrooms. I think that medicinal mushrooms like lion's mane, shiitake, maitake, um, cordyceps, reishi, these are amazing, amazing, amazing uh, health-promoting foods, I'll say. I was going to call them supplements, but they don't have to be supplements, right? You can actually eat these things um, if you'd like. Now, I don't particularly love mushrooms to eat, so when I take my lion's mane, I actually uh, take it either in a powder in my protein shake or I take capsules. I love the Forex lion's mane from, um, from Pure Essence Labs because it is literally four times as strong as any other lion's mane on the market. And uh, interestingly enough, if you like it as a powder, it tastes mildly like lobster. It's really strange stuff. It doesn't take like a, taste like a mushroom at all. It's very light and mild, and I think it actually tastes quite good. Plus, it's incredible for your brain. But I digress. I was excited because now we had a new milk alternative for people that either can't get raw milk, won't drink raw milk, or need something they can travel with easier or whatever that apparently tastes really great. I have not tasted it, okay? But the raves are that it's the best tasting thing in the world. And I will say that I looked at the Facebook comments and many people agreed with that, that the flavor was fantastic. In fact, they have a taste guarantee, Shroom Junkie does. So I wanted to find out what was going on. And I got really excited because one of the podcasters said, yeah, I, li I like oat milk. That's the closest milk substitute that I've been able to drink because it's thicker and richer and more like milk. But it has a lot of seed oils in it usually or something like that. And I thought, oh my gosh, so this product not only is made from mushrooms, but it doesn't have seed oils. And that was exciting because I'm currently uh, eliminating seed oils from my diet and trying to find all options for that reason. And so I thought, well, this stuff's cool. Maybe I'll give this a try. Maybe this is a cool little fermented food that uh, I can mix into the... Uh, into the arsenal to try and improve my health. So then I went to shroomjunkie.com. And at shroomjunkie.com, the story's a little bit different. 
So if you just look at the supplement, the ingredients, uh, the nutrition facts panel, you've got 140 calories, which is fine. Eight grams of fat, which is also fine, depending on where the fat's coming from. Uh, six grams of carbs, five grams of sugar, which isn't too bad for milk. Uh, it's actually less than cow's milk has in it. And 10 grams of protein, which is pretty dang good. Uh, that's in a cup. So all of that looks fine. But then I saw something that I hated to see, and I thought I would probably see, but I hoped I wouldn't, and that's calcium at 280 milligrams. Well, I know enough about peas uh, and mushrooms to know that there's not 280 milligrams of calcium naturally occurring in those, so I thought, okay, they're adding calcium. Let's see what they're adding. Let's go through the ingredients list. First ingredient, water. That's typical of all uh, milks, all fake milks, whatever you want to call them. Pea protein fermented by shiitake mushroom mycelia. So we don't know how many mushrooms are in there, uh, but we do know we have a fermented pea protein. I think that's cool, but I think it is a little bit disingenuous to call it a mushroom milk. It's really a pea protein milk fermented with mushrooms, and there's probably some mushroom in there, but we don't know how much. And then the next ingredient is the concerning ingredient, high oleic sunflower oil, which appears to be in every food on the market. I mean, this stuff is incredible. Whoever the sunflower growers of America are, <laughs> uh, they're doing a great job pimping their product out. But uh, high oleic sunflower oil. Remember I told you there's eight grams of fat in here? Well, pea protein is basically fat-free. Water's fat-free. Mushrooms are fat-free. Um, it's eight grams of high oleic sunflower oil, which is a seed oil from the sunflower seed which is loaded with omega-6 fatty acids, which are pro-inflammatory fatty acids. And yeah, well, the ad, remember, that was edited by the Shroom Junkie people from a podcast, because the podcaster is the guy that said oat milk has seed oils in it, as if this didn't have seed oils in it. But they chose to use that clip in their little Facebook ad of out of an hour and a half long podcast, they chose a 30-second clip that had a completely misleading comment in it that meant that I felt said this product doesn't have seed oils, and yet it has eight grams of seed oils. Half of the calories in this product are from seed oil, which is not good for you. There just is no evidence that this is health promoting at all, but there's lots of evidence that it's not good for you at all. Cardiovascularly speaking, um, in terms of what it can potentially do for your metabolism or to your metabolism, rather, uh, what the potential uh, implications are for diabetes and uh, insulin resistance. There's a lot of problems, but more than anything, it's just pro-inflammatory in a big way and pro-inflammatory fat is ubiquitous in our diets, and we've got to get a lot of it out. Yeah, you can drink some omega-6 oil or eat some omega-6 oil. No problem if you're getting enough omega-3 to counterbalance it, but you're going to get omega-6s naturally without trying to seek them out. And you certainly don't need a cup of fake milk to give you eight grams of these seed oils. The next ingredient is cane sugar which at least they're using cane sugar and not beet sugar, so it's not genetically modified. In fact, there's no GMOs in this product, which I love. Uh, they've got natural flavors. We don't know where that comes from. And the calcium I mentioned earlier comes from tricalcium phosphate and calcium carbonate. And that's a problem because these are calciums that are 
darn near impossible for the body to absorb. So here what you have is a product that has 10 grams of pea protein that's fermented. That's great. I have no problem with that. In fact, that was the exciting part of this product. Lots of protein from a fermented source and even great for vegans. Awesome. That's pretty much where the goodness ends, unfortunately, because now you've got eight grams of seed oil that is highly inflammatory in nature and highly processed. And then you've also got two kinds of calcium that can potentially lay down in the arterial system, creating deposits that can lead to heart disease, which also seed oils lead to heart disease. This is not a healthy product. I'm sorry, shroom junkie. It just simply isn't. It might taste great, but it's like Incredible Burger or whatever. It's fake milk that is made to be to appear to be healthier than real milk, which if you're talking about pasteurized, processed, I can tell you a lot of reasons why that milk's not good either. But compared to raw milk, this is just simply not a healthy product. All right. How much time do I have left? I've got about 10 minutes left. That's about right. I want to talk about one more thing here. Um, and that is this labeling thing with enzymes and magnesium. And the reason I'm pointing out enzymes and magnesium is because I had questions brought to me over the last couple of weeks about these particular products that are concerning, and they happen to be two of my vital five. Now, obviously, I own a health store, Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful, Utah, my old family business for 45 plus years now, almost 46 years, 46 years in August, crazy. And I own a website, vitalitynutrition.com. I would love for every single individual listening to this podcast to go to one of those two places and buy every single supplement that you take from me. I would love that. That would be amazing. I could probably retire a lot earlier if you all did that. <laughs> and I would appreciate it very much. But that's not why I do this show. It's part of why I do this show. I'd be lying to you if I didn't say that uh, marketing is part of, the, part of what I do on this show. You've certainly heard me do it. But I get that people are buying supplements from all kinds of places. I've had people come to me and ask me questions and then buy products from somebody else. You know, teach their own, whatever. That's all fine. The problem is that I recognize from my side of the aisle, so to speak, and we're not talking about politics, right or left, but we're talking about my side of the vitamin aisle as a manufacturer of supplements and a seller of supplements, that what I see on a label is not always what you see on a label. And there are little tiny idiosyncratic things that are easy to miss. And it's not about how smart you are at all. I know some really smart people that buy some really dumb supplements. And it's because marketing and the law that the FDA has laid down for the marketing of supplements is confusing. It's just simple as that. And unfortunately, unscrupulous people will take advantage of you and your supplement dollars if you allow them to. And that's the biggest reason why I do Vitality Radio. So let's talk about magnesium first. Magnesium glycinate. That's the big name out there in magnesium, unless you're looking at one of these ones that claims that you need seven kinds of magnesium, like magnesium breakthrough, and there's several other knockoffs of that now, which is not true. You don't need seven kinds of magnesium. You just need magnesium in a form that's very bioavailable. 
There's something known as bisglycinate and there's something known as glycinate. They are not the same. Now, my formula in full disclosure on the front of the bottle, my Vital 5 Magnesium, which we'll link to in the, in the show description, is called magnesium glycinate. And that is because the vast majority of Americans don't know what bisglycinate is because almost all the marketing around magnesium glycinate has been, and bisglycinate has been called glycinate. So on the front of the label, I call it glycinate, but on the back of the label in the supplement facts panel, I call it bisglycinate and use the trademark T-R-A-A-C-S, tracks with a little R registered trademark there because I want you to know exactly where my magnesium comes from. I don't make this stuff in my tub. This is made by a company called Albion Labs. They're a Utah company that's been doing this for over 60 years, and they are incredible at what they do. They chelate minerals. That's almost exclusively what they do, and they do it better than anybody else. They have some very, very unique and proprietary processes that they've worked on for decades that are unique to their company and extremely effective. And they have come up with what is the most bioavailable form of magnesium that I've ever seen, which is bisglycinate. So when you're looking at a magnesium glycinate, if you're choosing not to buy the Vital 5 magnesium glycinate, then you need to make sure that on the back of the label or the front, it says bisglycinate and has the T-R-A-A-C-S registered trademark. If it does not, then it is not the best most proven form of magnesium glycinate. They have a magnesium glycinate at Costco. I had somebody ask me about it yesterday. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know what kind of glycinate it is. I don't even know how they're chelating it. And if there's a single study that proves that it works. But I do know bisglycinate from Albion Labs works and does what they say it does. So that's what I use. A gentleman who uh, is actually a friend of one of my employees at Vitality Nutrition, uh, he bought a magnesium glycinate product online that says it has 500 milligrams. It may have said 400. I can't remember now. Four or 500 milligrams of magnesium glycinate per capsule. And it does. That's true. But it's also completely misleading. What do I mean by that? Well, here's the thing. Magnesium glycinate is two ingredients bonded together. It's the amino acid glycine and the mineral magnesium. And when you bond them together, that forms a new compound called magnesium bisglycinate. Magnesium bisglycinate is only about 19% magnesium. So my formula, Vital 5 Magnesium, requires three capsules to give you 400 milligrams of magnesium bis or of magnesium from magnesium bisglycinate. And that's how it should be labeled. It should either say magnesium and then in parentheses next to it as magnesium bisglycinate or as or sorry or from magnesium bisglycinate. That means that you're getting 400 milligrams of magnesium, not 400 milligrams of the full compound. This gentleman had a product that said magnesium glycinate, 400 milligrams. And it's true. They were using 400 milligrams of magnesium glycinate, but only 19% of that probably is magnesium. So he thought he was taking 400 milligrams of magnesium every day. And in reality, 
he was taking like 80 milligrams of magnesium a day. But if he didn't know any better, he would think he was getting 400 milligrams. And I think most people listening to this show would also think that. And that's, again, not because of your level of brain power or your IQ, but just your level of awareness of that little thing as magnesium bisglycinate or from magnesium bisglycinate as opposed to just magnesium glycinate. That's the key. So here are the steps. First, make sure it says bisglycinate and it's tracks, T-R-A-A-C-S. That registered trademark needs to be on the bottle or it isn't that. In fact, that's the rules from the manufacturer. You have to list it on the label or you're breaking their patent, okay? And it needs to say as magnesium bisglycinate or from magnesium bisglycinate so that you know that the 400 milligram claim or 350 milligram claim or whatever it is on there is actually all magnesium. Now, you can also look at it and recognize that 350 milligrams is 100% of the RDA. So when you look at the RDA on the label, which it should list the RDA, um, and it says 100% or a little more than 100% in the case of mine with 400 milligrams, then you would also know that you're getting the full amount of magnesium. Also keep in mind that you also always have to look at not the just the supplement facts panel or just the directions, but both. And they're not in the same place on most bottles. One's on one side, one's on the other. One's at the top, one's at the bottom, something like that. To know how many capsules it requires to give you that many milligrams. My formula says three capsules on the supplement facts panel and then magnesium, 400 milligrams as magnesium bisglycinate. So that's the key in understanding if you're getting all the right things. One of the things that people do love about My Vital 5, if I can prop it up one more time on the magnesium, is that you get 400 milligrams in three capsules, whereas almost every other product on the market is 350 milligrams in four capsules. And so you're taking less capsules to get more magnesium, which saves you some pack pills to take and usually a few bucks. All right, one more quickie uh, because I'm pretty much out of time, and that's enzymes and probiotics. If you're looking at an enzyme product or a probiotic product on the supplement facts panel or a product that has enzymes and probiotics in it, because that's usually where you see this, like a greens powder that has some in it or a protein powder that has some in it or a meal replacement that has some in it, something like that. If it shows the milligrams of the probiotic or the enzyme and does not show active units or units of activity or FCC units or something like that. There's a bunch of different ways it can be listed, but it needs to be, or, or CFU is one, colonizing uh, units. Any of those are fine. That tells you how much of the probiotic or enzyme are in there. But if it just says milligrams and says like 10 milligrams or 100 milligrams of digestive enzymes or 10 milligrams or 100 milligrams of probiotics, that tells you nothing. They are not measured by weight at all. The weight is insignificant because you can have one 10 milligram probiotic that has 10 billion units in 10 milligrams. You can have another that has 1 billion units in 10 milligrams. And it can be the same probiotic from the same manufacturer, just one is a higher concentration than another. And I can guarantee you 
100% unequivocally guarantee you that if they're only listing milligrams, it's because they're embarrassed about how little there actually is in the product. And if that's what you're seeing, you're not getting a high-potency product. So if you think you've got your greens powder and it has your probiotics in it or your enzymes in it, you have to look and see how much is actually in there to decide if it is really the product that you want at the potency that you want. Two more things before I let you go today. I want to let you know that we do have a new greens supplement called Vital Greens and Shrooms coming in a week or two. I'll announce it and explain what it is. I'm extremely excited about it. We also have our new Sensoril Ashwagandha out in the Vitality brand. Sensoril Ashwagandha has been hard to come by in capsules, but it's back out on the website and on our shelves at Vitality Nutrition. One capsule, 250 milligrams. And we've got a brand new testosterone formula called Vital Test that I'll be talking about next week on Vitality Radio. So thank you so much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed it. I've got to run. Please check us out online, vitalitynutrition.com, or give us a call, 801-292-6662. We'd be happy to help you either place. Thank you so much for listening to me. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair. our awesome music is by brian bob young support vitality radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on apple podcasts youtube or your favorite podcast source don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. The FDA has not evaluated this podcast. This podcast is provided with the understanding that information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for care by a medical professional. Thank you.